helping you live life optimally. This is Tate Talks from Radio 111. Here's functional medicine expert and host, Jason Tate. Welcome and thank you. I am your host, Jason Tate, and today's show, I have two incredible and amazing doctors with me for the show. I'm also going to be talking to you about how to boost your immunity naturally with some functional medicine tips and techniques, as well as good sleep hygiene. How are you going to get your best sleep so that you can be at your best and be healthy and well? That's what's coming up right here on Tate Talks. <laughs> I'm in the studio with me and also on Skype. I have two amazing doctors with me in here in the studio. I have Dr. Catherine Bianchi and on Skype, Dr. Megan Bakey. Quick story. I met these two incredible doctors when I was at the classroom teaching and I have this great relationship with Eisenhower and their family medicine residency program. They did their rotation through my campus and spent the day with my students and myself. And just such an amazing opportunity and experience to watch how they give back to their community and to young future doctors. To see that interaction uh, is just a beautiful thing. So thank you so much for spending time with my students. Uh, and you even came, I think both of you came on a wellness Wednesday. So we got to do yoga together, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So I have some questions for you. First, I have to say that uh, you just graduated from the Eisenhower Family Medicine Residency Program. What were some of the highlights and heroes from your residency experience at Eisenhower? First, Catherine, and then Megan, I'm going to have you chime in on yours. Well, thank you for having us today. Um, you know, some of the best parts of residency was really just being able to spend time together. Um, <clears throat> residency isn't always the easiest thing in the world. And so, you know, we had we were lucky and had a great group of people. Our class was was wonderful. We were all very close. And so truthfully, the highlight was just, you know, building relationships with each other, being able to hang out with each other and you know, have people that you trust um, and that support you when you're kind of going through the trenches together. Yeah, definitely. And you, can, and you were in the trenches. <laughs> I mean, you started your residency before COVID-19 had a breath and then you ended your residency in the thick of it. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> we were we were in the height of that bell curve. <laughs> right, Megan, what were some highlights and heroes for you? Well, just to kind of go along with what Pat was saying, um, you know, before residency, we didn't know each other. So we came into residency kind of blind in that sense. And we spent a lot of time together on the inpatient service and ended up really clicking and connecting. So I think one of the highlights of my experience was definitely getting to know Kat um, and, you know, our future um, endeavors that we've recently kind of taken on. But also to touch on the hero part of things, if it weren't for Eisenhower, Kat and I would not be here. There were a lot of people, um, faculty, even inside, you know, our family medicine department versus outside that really supported us and helped us carry out our dream of opening, you know, a private practice together. So Dr. Scherger, um, you know, Dr. Thrasher, even Dr. Steele, Dr. Faisu, Dr. Mahdi, those were all people who really every single day, they've all kind of been through it. They all kind of have a little bit of business experience and every single day we're constantly cheering us on, go for it, go for it, go for it. So without them and without our experience at Eisenhower, we wouldn't be here. 
That's amazing. And what a great opportunity to give thanks. And I'm sure uh, there will be a round for you in the future as you two are going on to this endeavor we'll talk about um, shortly. <laughs> when you have questions and you're just going, um, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> because you're staying here in the desert, right here uh, in, the, in the Eisenhower family network. And I'm really excited to uh, hear about this and we'll talk about it in just a moment. My next question, Megan, how has COVID been a great teacher for you? And what did you learn from this teacher that medical school and undergraduate school didn't and maybe couldn't teach you? First, Megan, and then I want to ask Catherine the same question. You know, it's that's a great question. COVID has been tough on all of us, you know, patients, those who have suffered from it, families and even healthcare workers, including us as residents. Um, and medical school can only teach you so much. You know, they teach you the ins and outs of how to treat, how to diagnose, how to treat certain conditions, but they can't really teach you the communication side of things. And having to deal with really sick patients in a very scary time, learning how to communicate with them, support them, care for them, um, especially too, like when, when families couldn't be present in the hospital with them. I definitely think we've learned a little bit more about um, dealing with patients in that sense because of COVID. What a beautiful answer. Thank you so much. Uh, Catherine, what, what COVID was a teacher <laughs> for <it> you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did uh, the COVID experience teach you that medical school and, um, you know, undergraduate? And I don't know, this kind of came as a curveball, but obviously both of you are very successful in this environment. What did you learn from this and what are you grateful for? Um, you know, kind of the same things as Megan too. Um, just really having that opportunity to to be with patients when they needed somebody the most, when they can't have their families there um, and, and just being their, their support. Um, the other thing that I think was, was an experience and, you know, a teacher for us was we were on the front lines. Nobody knew that this was going to happen. It kind of happened quickly. And, you know, we were all kind of in it together and just being able to, to support each other, to have one another. It was very difficult not being able to spend time with each other. Cause that's, you know, for the first half of residency, that's what it was about. You know, we had each other. It was, you know, when you have a, a bad day or a good day, you know, you go hang out with the people that you love the most. Um, the other cool thing is we got to do a lot of um, research, really, which was which was great. We were part of uh, creating a COVID-19 manual for residency programs for hospitalists that actually got sent out to other residency programs. So just being able to to be part of something like that was such a great experience. Wow, that's fantastic. I didn't know about that part mm -hmm. of it. I really like that, yeah. you know, because. There's so much of uh, history, right, repeats itself. Uh, this isn't the first pandemic yep. <laughs> that we've ever experienced. Uh, it's certainly the most major one in a modern era, for sure. And we have a lot to learn from this. And I, and I hope we do. I really hope we do learn from this. Uh, my next question really taps into that social aspect again. Um, what are a couple of main or key struggles that you encountered during your residency? And this it doesn't need to be COVID specific, just, you know, this is a really challenging time in itself. COVID just added another layer to that. And how did your faculty uh, and your classmates, like how did you support each other? What was, um, 
you know, what were the dynamics of that? And for somebody who is not a, a physician and hasn't gone through a residency program, but I do, you know, obviously have interaction with, with you in a friend level and then also a semi-professional level. Uh, I'm very curious about, you know, because I see, you know, at graduation and I see how some of you interact and I see the slideshows of <laughs> you guys getting your get togethers, <laughs> you know, it comes on the heels of doctors are people too, right? And teachers are people as well. And it's it's always interesting when I'm at a grocery store or somewhere and a, and a student will see me, <gasps> Mr. Tate, you know, like they're just shocked to see that I actually exist outside of the classroom. Same thing with doctors, right? I mean, you have, you have a life, you have very much have a life. So sure. going back to that question, faculty, your colleagues, how did you guys support each other and how did you get through just residency itself and then the other layer of COVID? So we'll go Catherine first and then Megan. So, you know, kind of touching on what I said before, um, just having that sense of togetherness all the time. COVID did kind of throw a wrench in that um, because obviously we couldn't spend as much time together, but we got a little bit creative and our, our faculty was great about, you know, facilitating that and supporting that. And so, you know, we had Zoom parties and happy hours and you know we would we even um got together with a bunch of the other residents you know internal medicine emergency medicine um they started doing a morning yoga and meditation before work at you know five or six a.m which was nice for some people um so it was a struggle um you know looking back on it now it's kind of like wow how did we even get through that but it was you know when you're in it, you just take it day by day. And whether it's, you know, more phone calls at night, more more Zoom calls, just to make sure that you have, you know, that feeling of, of support, because it, it does get lonely. And it did get lonely, um, you know, not having people around you all the time. And the only time you do have people around you is when you're working. And a, a lot of times it's, it's stressful. And, you know, being in situations with very sick uh, patients, it's it kind of wears on you. But work even became kind of our social <laughs> thing after sure. a while, you know, being able to just see somebody and, and have them near you, whether it's talking about work, whether it's, you know, spending a couple extra minutes after work, you know, just talking about life. Um, mm-hmm. That was really helpful and, and pretty much got us through, I think. I like that. I like that. Megan, you have, you know, obviously family and friends outside of you know, your work life, and then you obviously develop these amazing friendships in uh, the Eisenhower network as well. So same question for you, you know, what were some struggles and challenges and how did you and your faculty and your colleagues overcome these? What are some really amazing points or maybe a story that you could share? Yeah, you know, um, burnout is a big thing amongst physicians, especially in residency, and then throw COVID on top of that, you know, things were, were tough. But our faculty, our program did a great job of once a week, once every other week, you know, really making sure that we had that time as residents at home to reconnect with family, reconnect with friends, you know, via Zoom or whatever. So we did have time to ourselves, which I think everybody needs when you're in the midst of a pandemic, kind of working all the time and and dealing with some pretty tough um, patients. But kind of going off of what Kat said too, you know, I think COVID brought us all together. Our class was a lot closer, a lot more tight 
um, after COVID. I mean, I guess we're still dealing with COVID, but after the serious um, pandemic, you know, the beginnings of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just, we got creative. Like Kat said, we had little Zoom parties or, you know, we were doing yoga via Zoom together and laughing. And I think <laughs> sharing our experiences together all brought us a little bit closer. So it it's a positive kind of memory that, that Kat and I hold. And certainly something that both of you will right carry on and cherish uh, a very special time in your lives that's great i had heard about the meditation and the yoga and actually uh, a couple of physicians had reached out to me and asked me if i would like to help participate and i tried but just the timing of it you know during the school day and school week it was really tough so uh, what an amazing gift and it's similar i i talked in another show about the COVID gift uh, and with students, the gift was they realized that they really liked going to school. <laughs> they liked education. <laughs> they liked being in the classroom among their friends and learning in person. They really liked that. So still to come, how two doctors went from being strangers to best friends and now business partners. In addition to that, I have coming up a guide to better sleep. The what, hi, the what, the why, and the how, right here on Tate Talks. advice for your personal wellness radio 111 presents tate talks with functional medicine instructor jason tate here's jason welcome back thank you for tuning in this is jason tate you're listening to tate talks and i have two incredible guests with me friends of mine dr Catherine bianchi and dr megan bakey and they have an exciting new adventure that they're going into and they just opened a clinic. Why don't you tell me about this experience? Catherine, um, what is this mission? Tell, tell us about this experience and what is the mission and vision of your clinic with Megan? So Megan and I um, have always kind of had the same vision as far as wanting to open up our own practice together and um, you know throughout residency we got the opportunity to work very closely together and we work very well together Um, we're very similar in how we you know practice and so when it came down to it we just sat down and said hey let's do this so B&B family medicine uh, is now officially open for business Uh, we started seeing patients this last week so we're super excited it's been a it's been a learning curve um, and it will continue to be I'm sure for a little while but um, you know the biggest thing for us is is basically you know we we strive to treat every single patient with compassion and respect and not any two patients are alike so you know it's sitting down with each person and and creating a you know a healthcare plan together that's individualized for that person depending on where they are in their life so you know we both um you know that's that's the biggest thing for us and we, we both are very um 
it's important to communicate and educate our patients. And so that's, that's kind of our goal and mission. I like that. I like that a lot. Megan, when, when in your residency did you two start talking about this? I mean, your residency is three years long, right? So, and then <laughs> of course COVID hits, you know, right in the middle of your residency. Uh-huh. When did this conversation come up and <laughs> how did it happen? And obviously the genesis of this. You know, it's funny. I think we were literally on working on the inpatient service together and you work in this tiny little room, you know, 12 hours a day, pretty much six days on one day off. And we had spent so much time together the first week, but we just hit it off. Like we really got along. We were kind of dealing with patients, um, treating patients similarly. And we were sitting at our desks one day and we both looked at each other and we were like, hey, Let's do this together when we're done residency. <laughs> we, are, we are today. I love it. I love it. <laughs> now, B&B Family Medicine uh, will be right here in the Coachella Valley. I, I have the question, are you going to be able to treat patients with telemedicine who aren't here in the Coachella Valley? Because Radio 111 is an international radio. We are all over the world. We have podcasts. We have the whole, the whole range. So um, are you able to and are you looking to be able to treat patients outside of the valley of course we are 100 percent open to that you know we still have a lot of kinks and whatnot to work out but those will come with time and 100 percent, we really want to be there for however many patients we possibly can and right now especially given covid you know telemedicine is a super important um, way to connect and treat patients so anybody who wants to come visit us is more than welcome to I love that. I lo- and, you know, and as Catherine was talking about kind of the mission and vision of B&B Family Medicine, it sounded, it sounds very much like a functional medicine approach, individualized, N of one, you know, everyone is different, everyone's healthcare needs are different, and it sounds like you, both of you, will be able to take the time and spend the time, because it's your own practice, with patients to really focus on healing instead of treating. Um, Can each of you maybe just quick talk about what that means to you to be able to heal versus treat? Catherine? Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's somewhat what may set Megan and I aside um, is that we really do like the functional medicine approach. Um, You know, during residency, medical school, you learn traditional medicine, which is good. You need that. However, there's a lot more to treating a patient than just what's in the books. Um, I think both of us kind of take an approach to treating treating our patients individually, overall, mind, body, spirit, and meet them where they are. So, you know, just being able to focus on what they need at that time. So, Great. I like that. Exactly. And there's a lot of things, too, a lot of diagnoses that we can actually treat with diets, exercise, supplements, you know, sometimes it's not all about jumping to prescribing medications. Um, And Kat and I are proud to kind of take that approach with all of our patients. Um, And we're excited, you know, to see where this takes us. Well, you definitely have my vote. (laughs) (laughs) And you have the support of Tate Talks and many of us here in the Valley as we are inspired by uh, this healing approach and root cause of medicine, which is a functional medicine approach. So where can we find you? I see here we've got a website. It is desertfamilymedical.com. 
their phone number there at the clinic is 760-230-9990. Anything else you'd like to share? How can how can we find you? Are you guys on socials? What, what's up? Yes, we are on Instagram right now, and we will eventually be on Facebook as well. Um, I believe it's BB Family Medicine is our Instagram, so you can join us there. We'll have snippets, um, pictures, um, you know, contact information. So fantastic, Catherine, Megan, thank you so so much for being here on the show. I really appreciate it. Up next on Tate Talks, were you aware that there are easy ways to dramatically boosting your immunity in your kitchen? Amidst a pandemic, we're also facing many other pathogens that cause disease. Learn how to give yourself the best defense against all infectious diseases right here on Tate Talks. Wellness for all of you, your body, mind, and spirit. Radio 111 and Jason Tate team up to help you with Tate Talks. Here's Jason. Welcome to a Here's to Your Health feature brought to you by Tate Talks right here at Radio 111. You can find me, Jason Tate, on Facebook, and also Tate Talks is on Instagram. You can find us there at tatetalks.radio. In this Here's to Your Health feature, I'm sharing with you some resources and information with regard to boosting your immunity and taking a deeper dive into good sleep hygiene. This information can also be found with my friends over at IFM, the Institute for Functional Medicine, at ifm.org. That's ifm.org. First off, I'm going to jump right into boosting our immunity. These are some functional medicine tips on prevention and optimizing the immune function during this COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. These tips also, of course, are great for any time of year, not just a COVID-19 outbreak. So I'm going to go through a few of these, and then I'm going to highlight some more, give you some tips, tell you some supplements, some vitamins to definitely boost up uh, with your with your diet, and where you can find some of these things. Stress reduction, number one. Okay, Chronic stress can negatively alter the immune system response, making you more likely to get sick. It's important to identify your personal stress reduction strategies and practice them regularly. I'll be sharing with you a stress reduction practice and technique later in the show, so make sure you catch in on some of that. Another This one's big. This one's huge. And this is one you can get started on right away, actually. Sleep. Sleep has a big, huge, tremendous influence on our immune function. Practicing good sleep hygiene and maintaining consistent sleep hours, turning off screens, ensuring that your room is cool and quiet and dark, and setting a reminder to help yourself go to bed on time. Not just to wake up, but also, eh, it's bedtime. (laughs) (laughs) I'll talk more in a little bit about a deeper dive into some sleep hygiene tactics and techniques. And then later in the show, again, I'm going to give you a really amazing sleep technique to get you ready for bedtime. 
Exercise number three, moderate, regular physical activity. This helps boost your immune system functions, raising levels of infection-fighting white blood cells and antibodies. This increases your circulation. This also helps to increase lymph circulation, which is the white blood cell action throughout the body. It doesn't have its own pump. Just like our blood has the heart to pump blood, our lymphatic system doesn't have its own pump. How the lymphatic uh, system moves this fluid throughout your body is through movement, and that's why you feel better after you exercise. This also, exercise also helps to decrease stress hormone cortisol, and if you can establish and follow an exercise program, it not only helps prevent respiratory infections, but it also improves brain function, cognitive resilience, physical resilience, and you might as well get a better body at it while you're at it. <laughs> So exercise is basically just good all the way around. It's a win-win in every single direction from head to toe, inside and out. You should do it. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, nutrition, food and diet. Uh, the, one of the main things that functional medicine really, and, and nutritionists as well, this isn't just functional medicine, is eat the rainbow, right? Eat a wide variety of colors, fruits and vegetables, to boost your immunity. They're better than most supplements. Eating plenty of fruits and vegetables, and your aim should be in the range of 10 servings per day, including fermented vegetables and other probiotic-containing foods. Now, for many, this might actually be a chore. 10 servings of fruits and vegetables a day? How do I go from zero or less than one or one to 10 incrementally, right? Don't necessarily need to make this dramatic shift. You can incrementally work your way up to 10 servings of fruits and vegetables a day. And I strongly recommend that you incorporate as many raw fruits and vegetables into your diet as possible. The reason being that the vitamins that you're trying to get from these fruits and vegetables are destroyed in the heating process. So eating this beautiful vegetable stew, it, and while it's tasty and it's delicious and it's healthy for you and you're gonna get a lot of inorganic minerals from it, many of the vitamins are actually destroyed in the heating and cooking process. So it's important to eat as many raw fruits and vegetables as you can. So some natural means of boosting immunity. In addition to kind of these four lifestyle indicators, there are some other things to consider. Self-care, right? So if you're battling an upper respiratory infection, some of the top priorities for you should be getting plenty of hydration and rest, preferably water um, or water with electrolytes, but definitely making sure you're getting enough water. Homemade vegetable and bone broths are also really beneficial. Uh, various herbal teas and hot drinks can help with hydration and reduce the symptoms. So some good choices for teas would be peppermint tea, ginger tea, eucalyptus, chamomile is really nice as well, uh, and just some good old hot water with lemon, honey, and cinnamon. Great, great resources for you if you're starting to feel something coming on. And if you do get something like a sore throat, the good old saltwater gargle. <laughs> it's excellent for loosening the mucus, helping to fend off bacterial throat infections. Hot teas and lozenges that contain slippery elm are also excellent okay, for soothing that irritated throat. And then back to honey. Two tablespoons of honey in hot water can also help to soothe and decrease throat inflammation and pain. 
Chamomile and peppermint teas are right back in it with helping to loosen or helping to soothe that irritated throat. So if you have any respiratory congestion and sinus infection, it's that time of year for many things, not just COVID. We're talking about allergies. We're talking about flus and colds. Those things haven't gone away. They're still here. Uh, although by wearing masks on a regular basis, they are dramatically reduced. That's for sure. So keep that in mind as well. For respiratory congestion, use a humidifier, some vaporizers or steam inhalers, and spend some time in steamy hot baths and showers. These are really great, great ways to loosen up some of the congestion that you have. Uh, also with the vaporizer and inhaler, using essential oils like eucalyptus, menthol, peppermint or frankincense. These are some great herbs and remedies that you can use. Now onto supplements, nutrition, uh, nutrients, and foods to support some immune function right at the top of the list. Of course, vitamin C, high doses of vitamin C during an illness can actually also act as a natural antihistamine and anti-inflammatory. Well, vitamin C is great to get in a pill or chewable form or effervescence or whatever through airborne and some of the others. It's also really great to get from its natural food source. Things like strawberries, mango, uh, all the citrus fruits are really high in vitamin C. Bell peppers are high in vitamin C. And you can get the other related vitamins with that as well. Vitamin D, the sunshine vitamin, also incredibly powerful during this time. You can ideally get this in the form of vitamin D3. And I also recommend taking that with a supplement of vitamin K2. This helps the absorption rate of vitamin D3 uh, in pill form. Uh, another, and this is kind of a personal aside, my vitamin D has traditionally been low, and it wasn't until I was incorporating wild-caught salmon uh, preferably Alaskan king salmon, which has the highest rates of DHA and EPA omega-3 fatty acids, that my vitamin D rates skyrocketed. Before that, I was getting these minor little increases in vitamin D, and then I added wild-caught Alaskan king salmon to my diet, and boom, my vitamin D shot up towards healthy levels, which is really important. Uh, and another lesson, you can get these foods, you can get these vitamins and supplements from the foods that contain them better than in pill form. Another in the short list here, vitamin A, make sure you're getting plenty of vitamin A. You can supplement it in pill form, but also finding foods that are high in vitamin A. And then the minerals of zinc and selenium, also fantastic for boosting immune function. Uh, honey. You know, it comes back around again. It, honey actually relieves minor pain and inflammation uh, in addition to helping out with the mucous membranes. But do be careful with too much honey because honey, uh, and you want to get it raw. You don't want to get processed honey, but honey, it's a lot of sugar. <laughs> so don't be getting too much honey in. Uh, another right back to uh, fending off vampires and also boosting your immune function is garlic. Garlic contains a variety of compounds that can influence immunity, and they're really healthy and great for you. And then, of course, back to our friends, our microbiome, taking probiotics. And you can get probiotics. These are, these are promotional bacteria. You can get them through eating fermented foods and drinks, things like kombucha and uh, foods like kimchi and sauerkraut, or you can get them in pill form. Uh, and you can find that in most of your health grocery stores in the refrigerated section. So... Moving on to something that's really important, I touched on it just briefly, sleep hygiene, right? 
So getting good sleep, this is really going to help you in protecting against infectious diseases and just overall health. Anxiety is the leading cause of sleep dysfunction and not getting enough rest may have negative effects on your health. Sleep plays an incredibly powerful role in supporting healthy immune system function and these two are closely connected. A lack of sleep can increase the likelihood of infection and an illness can disrupt your sleep even further which slows down your recovery time. Getting consistent, better sleep prepares your body to fight off unexpected illness, and it also helps you support overall health and well-being. Sleep is your body's first line of defense against infectious disease. <clears throat> During sleep, your body produces these proteins. They're called cytokines, and they fight inflammation and infection. But when you're exposed to infectious pathogens, you have inflammation and you experience, or if you experience chronic stress, your body is producing an increased amount of cytokines to offset the illness. Take into account sleep depri deprivation, so lack of proper sleep, this actually weakens your immune response even further and increases your risk of catching a common cold or even more serious infections as well. So having irregular sleep patterns can signal your body that it's you're, you're at the beginning of fighting off an illness. Uh, a lack of sleep could actually slow down your immune response and progress this illness further. And if you're already feeling sick, you know, tap into that age old advice of get lots of rest and drink plenty of fluids. So this is your best approach to bolstering your immune system response. And experts do recommend getting seven to nine hours of sleep every night for optimal health. And it's said that, that one-third of Americans don't get enough sleep every single night. This is crazy. So some tips for improving good sleep hygiene. Make sure you maintain a consistent sleep schedule, even on the weekends. Take in more daylight during the day and limit your exposure to artificial light, right? Daylight enforces, reinforces the awake phase of your body cycle so that your body's circadian rhythm can get into a habit. Make sure you're staying active, getting exercise during the day. This helps you feel alert and it does promote better sleep at night, if you can imagine that. Avoiding caffeine, heavy meals, and alcohol before bed. This is also a great technique and it's important to take naps. Napping can boost your immunity. Aim for 20 to 30 minutes in the afternoon for a nap and that's a great way to help yourself get some better sleep and catch up on things later in the day. If you are having trouble sleeping, have you tried over-the-counter drugs and maybe you don't want to or you don't want to have to? Well, coming up next, this week's Empty Your Cup feature will give you a great strategy for getting that deep, restful sleep that you need. Talks continues now on Radio 111 with Jason Tate. This is Tate Talks, and you're listening to Jason Tate here on Radio 111. And I'm so excited for you to be here with me today. Uh, as I'm winding up this show, I want you to remind you to take time to unwind. I was just talking about some 
sleep techniques and strategies, taking time to unwind, practicing mindfulness, engage in light stretching before bed as a way to reduce your stress or anxiety, and also improving your sleep environment. Your bedroom can be preventing you from quality sleep, so make sure that you have a cool, clean, dark, peaceful, quiet, and comfortable sleep environment. This is really important to get a good night's rest. So right now I have empty your cup feature and I'm going to share with you a few different quotes that I found uh, to go along with this and I'm going to give you some strategy right now. This is a um, strategy breathing technique and meditation that you can do when you are uh, lying in bed and you're just, you know, maybe your mind is just going off and and you can't stop, you can't slow it down, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I really need to sleep, but I can't turn it off. This is a great technique that I'm gonna share with you. So first, a quote by the Dalai Lama, sleep is the best meditation. I like that quote. Another one by Walter Reich, tired minds don't plan well. Sleep first, plan later. And this next one uh, is anonymous. I'm so good at sleeping that I can do it with my eyes closed. I like that one. I'll leave you with a little bit of humor. So uh, at this moment, <laughs> find yourself a nice, comfortable seated position or even better, lying down. You can practice this as if you were going to go to bed and maybe you will. Maybe this is the uh, spark that you need for a nice little nap. So lying down uh, or sitting down, eyes closed, just find yourself in a nice, comfortable, relaxed position. If you um, have any thoughts, if anything comes in, that's fine. Let it come, let it go. This is a time where you just focus on your breath. Listen to me, I'll be your guide, and I'll give you some mantras that you can use to calm down and relax your body so that you can fall asleep and take a nice little nap or a nice restful sleep at night. All right, now with your eyes closed, Breathing in through your nose, holding your breath for a moment, and exhaling through your mouth on my count. Breathing in for one, two, three, four, hold, and exhaling for one, two, three, four, five, six. In for one, two, three, four, hold, and exhaling for one, two, three, four, five, six. In for one, two, three, four, hold, and exhaling for one, two, three, four, five, six. In for one, two, three, four, hold, and exhaling one, two, three, four, five, six. Now, with your eyes closed, I want you to repeat these mantras. I'm just going to go through a few of them. Still breathing in through your nose, holding your breath for a moment and exhaling through your mouth. Repeat this mantra. My arms are warm and heavy. I am at peace. My arms are warm and heavy. I am at peace. My legs 
are warm and heavy. I am at peace. My legs are warm and heavy. I am at peace. My heartbeat is calm and strong. I am at peace. My heartbeat is calm and strong. I am at peace. Now take a nice deep breath in through your nose, filling up your lungs all the way, all the way, all the way. Long, slow exhale, gently letting your eyelids rise. That, those are the mantras, and you'll find them on Tate Talks on the Instagram, tatetalks.radio. I'll share them with you there. And, of course, it's a much longer process. You just keep going through this. My arms are warm and heavy. I am at peace. My legs are warm and heavy. I am at peace. My heartbeat is calm and strong. I am at peace. Doing these mantras while you're breathing, while you're resting, while you're relaxing in bed, you basically lull yourself to sleep. And it's a fantastic technique to get that beautiful night's rest that you need, that we all need. So I want to, again, take this time to thank my guests, Dr. Megan Bakey and Dr. Catherine Bianchi, and wish them all the best in their endeavor of opening B&B Family Medicine. They do, by the way, if you were wondering, they do accept insurance. So make sure you check in with them. You can call them at 760-230-9990 or at desertfamilymedical.com to find out if they support your insurance. Next week on Tate Talks, I have functional medicine physician, Dr. Joseph Sugar, and we'll discuss the functional medicine approach from both the physician and the patient side with Dr. Joe's pearls of wisdom sprinkled in, of course. Tate Talks is here at Radio 111 every Sunday and on all major podcasts. We'll see you next week.